Shalom. Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis 123 Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic, anytime. Or you can reach us at genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And stay tuned till the end of the program, where we're also going to share some exciting offers. And feel free to share this with others, and in this case, the masses of others who I know you will find, who will also find it of interest. So today, we, we Inspiration from Zion has covered a lot of topics over the last almost a year and a half. Um, we're blessed by the tremendous number of people who have downloaded, who follow, who comment back and send comments and questions. Um, one of the best is a comment I love I received recently is someone who told me that they listen to every syllable of every program. And that's really meaningful. Today, we're jumping into something that as much as all of our programs together in the past have been significant, and they have been, this one is is significant on steroids because it's bringing in something that happened recently here in Israel that is historic, tying in modern history, winding, rewinding, and connecting to our biblical history. And we're speaking specifically, if you haven't heard about it, um, or if you have more likely uh, than not, and, and want, now want to get the details, we're speaking about the arrival two weeks ago of five pure red heifers. It's a long story how they got here. I have the privilege, thanks to one of our uh, guests today, to be at the airport and see them arrive. And I told some friends yesterday, it was, it was, it was unbelievable how moved I was considering how I came in, really just thinking it was going to be a cool event. I was overwhelmed with how overwhelmed I became. So let me quickly introduce our two guests, and we're going to keep this short and kind of quirky. I've got two incredible men here. They're both husbands, fathers, businessmen, and visionaries. One is a Christian, and one is an Orthodox Jewish rabbi. And Byron Stinson is the Christian. Byron, wave, say hi. We're doing this also by, by Zoom. Shalom, Byron has been to Israel 78 times and has worked in many, many different organizations professionally and, and, and through ministries. And he has a passion to bring Israel uh, Christians to Israel from all over the world to connect them with Israel. Rabbi Hanan Kupietsky. Hanan. Hi. Here we go. Hanan's um, the, uh, we, I was going to say Hanan has the beard, but you both have beards. Um, so... So also we discovered uh, a, a couple of connections at the airport. We'd never met. Um, our, our Hanan and his family uh, live right next to my daughter and son-in-law and their family. And, and uh, Hanan's sister is one of my uh, daughter's best uh, friends from their course in physical therapy. So it's really a blessing to have you. And I just want to jump right in. By the way, did I miss anything 
about your backgrounds that you want to interject. It's okay. We don't, we, perfect. Good job. Good. We Excellent. never, ever want to um, short sight, but I think a lot more about both of you individually and you two together is going to come, is going to come to play here as we begin. So Hanan, I'd like to start with you. It's intuitive for everyone listening that bringing five red heifers to Israel, when, when people think of red heifer, they think of Israel, they think of the Torah, the Bible, and they think that that's something Jewish. And it is. Can you explain from an Orthodox Jewish perspective, what is that significance? Why are we even excited? Why do we care? Okay, so thank you very much, Anne. Um, So first of all, I'll just start off saying that um, even to me as an Orthodox rabbi, I would even say two years ago, I didn't learn too much about the Red Heifer. It was always something that we, that we spoke about in kindergarten and in, in school, you know, as something that one day, you know, there's a Red Heifer or when you have a conversation with somebody and you kind of want to explain how you don't understand it. So you just say, okay, it's like kind of like the red heifer. Um, <laughs> Excellent. True. Right. The, the red heifer, we, as we know, is in, in, uh, in Numbers 19. Um, is, it, that's where it's written in the, in the Torah. Um, and it uh, basically talks about what we need to do with the red heifer. And uh, I'll, I'll discuss that in one moment. Um, so basically in Numbers 19, I mean, it's, that's the only place you'll find in the Torah that talks about, about the para aduma, and that's what we say it in Hebrew. Para is as cow or as a heifer, and, and red is aduma. Um, and one of the things that it, it kind of shows it, or talks about is it has to be a pure cow. It has to be a, a cow that has, you know, it's completely red. Um, it's allowed to have one white or black hair, but once it has more than one, if it has two, it's already, it's, it's not good. You're not a yoke it. Um, and it has to be without any blemishes. Um, so this, if you put together, I don't know how many of you guys are watching and you guys are farmers or ranchers. So if you try to connect all those, uh, rules that we, that the, the, the Torah in books in number 19 talks about, it becomes very rare to actually have. So you could have a red cow. We have a lot of red ingus. Uh, a lot of different types of other type of breeds, but when you're talking about so specific, they can't even have more than uh, two hairs together that are white or black and not bred. That already make, becomes very complicated. And of course, all the other elements, uh, blemishes, for, for example, we'll give another example where today in the modern world, when a cow is, is born, you have to put on it a ear tag. Basically, you have to kind of, it's kind of like its ID number. You have to know who his mom is. You have to kind of, follow up with its uh, different shots um, and vaccines and making sure that it's eating properly. So when you put actually that ear tag, you're putting a blemish. So now it makes it very complicated. If you're looking for a red heifer, or if you want a red heifer um, to appear, it's it's close to, to actually zero to find one. Um, so that's a little bit from just written. Now, what, what, what do we do? What What is this whole element of red heifer? But I'll open up and say that King Solomon, who we know is the wisest man on earth at any time, uh, said there's one thing, which means it is is more divine, it's higher than me, it's higher than my understanding, and that is the red heifer. So King Solomon couldn't understand why God commanded us to do the red heifer. Um, And in the Torah, we have two different elements. We have something called some mitzvot, some commandments that God gave us, 
we totally understand, don't kill, don't steal, and etc. When just a logical person living in any society could understand that. But then there's some uh, commandments that truthfully, maybe we don't understand. And those are chukim. So one of the chukim uh, is actually the chukim, chukim for those who don't uh, know Hebrew is laws. Laws, exactly. So thank you. So one, one of those laws is actually is, is the paraduma. It's always given as an example. Um, and so that's maybe a little bit of the, the back and I'll, I'll add in one more thing, a little bit of, of the history of, of the paraduma and what we're supposed to you know, do with it. So at, at the end of the day, you're supposed to take the ashes of the red heifer and a priest is supposed to come and sprinkle somebody that's impure. I'll open up here just to preference, uh, just to explain a little bit what it means to be impure. There's a few levels of impurity that one could have. Um, and one of those is if you came into contact with somebody that passed away, it could be a close relative. It could be that you just buried somebody. So then you become impure. Um, and the only way that you could actually purify yourself is by getting yourself sprinkled with water and some red effer ash um, and some more elements that are in there by a priest. So, so I want to I wanna just interject two things. First of all, some people won't necessarily know the, the, the use of the word priest. We're talking about not a Catholic priest who's wearing a, a collar, but a priest from the, the biblical class or, or, or um, yeah, biblical class, the Kohanim. Uh, the, other, the other important thing, uh, wow, you just said something that was important to clarify. Well, I forgot it. Okay, no matter, keep going. So, so just about the priest, I mean, I, just a, a side note is when I was born, you know, as a, as a Jew, you could be three things. You could either be a Kohen, uh, a priest, you could be a Levite, a Levi, uh, or you could be part of Israel, which is the majority. So when I was born, they told me, you know, later on when I was growing up, I was five or six, they said, you know, you're not a Kohen. I was like, oh man, I would love to be a priest. You know, it's so cool. Um, but uh, anyhow, so that's some things we get to choose and we don't. So that's one of them we don't. And, and the impurities um, that you're speaking about are not a perspective of uh, dirt. It's not like being unclean where you need to go take a shower. We're talking about spiritual impure that make us invalid for um participation in uh in in rites in the temple but here's the here's another great paradox now we got five cows we have no temple okay good, good paradox um i i'll i'll i would love to i want to just discuss well, okay that. okay go ahead so, so, so just, just, I wanted to give you just one more brief thing about the history of, of like how many red heifers we used. And then we're going to we'll discuss also that. Great. That would be important too. So the first red heifer actually was conducted the, the ceremony because it's not exactly a, um, it's not a sacrifice. It doesn't happen. I guess right. this answers then your question. It doesn't happen on the temple mount. It happens. Okay. It has to be, or, or it's basically in, uh, it has to be in direct line of the temple, but it's it's not in the temple. So it has to be what we call today of Mount Olives. That's that's okay. the area that it's only allowed to be conducted this ceremony. And the first ceremony was conducted actually uh, Moses, um, who conducted the first red heifer. And the red heifer that he had, or is the ashes that he had, lasted almost for a thousand years. So you could ask. That's that's a crazy. Uh, that's the question I wanted to ask. Okay, wow. So, so one heifer. Is good for a thousand years. Okay. And that's, that's without technology, right? So what, why is that? Let's just go over a little bit the, the actual ceremony where the priest would come. He would get that, take the ashes and he would throw the smallest bit of ash into a huge body of water. It has to be pure water, Mayim Chaim uh, from spring, but all that water, even if the smallest bit of ash, it could be this smaller my pinky 
it, all that water is now good to sprinkle on people um, using the hisov bush, wow. um, hisip bush. So w- that I think is, is is pretty important for all of us to understand. Is 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 you don't need even five heifers. You just need one heifer because Moses right. lasted for a thousand years. The other eight were conducted. The Mishnah talks about this because there isn't much about the red heifer, but there is a Mishnah called the the Mishnah of Parah, and it discusses every single one of the other nine. The Maimonides who comes around a thousand years later or a thousand years ago, pretty much the same time. Yes. He, he, he actually says that the 10th is going to come in the redemption time. Okay. Ah. Um, so we now up until in our history, we had nine and now we're. Wow. You didn't say that at the airport the other day, did you? Uh, it's too many things to say. So <laughs> that is significant. We're having this conversation. Yeah. That's okay. So that is very significant. So wait, before I move on to Byron, you said before two years ago you really didn't know much about this. How did you get it? What? How did you get pulled in? Why? Like, why are you like you're? Uh, you, maybe you're not the expert, but you're the only expert I've spoken to about this. How did? How did Rabbi Hanan Kupietsky become uh, the, the 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 rabbi of the red calf, the red heifers? Nice. I, I like that title. Yeah. Take it too. <laughs> so. Uh, um, we, I, I would say, you're looking at between two, both of us uh, at the two today, I, you know, with, with modesty or whatever, but the two people that looked at the most heifers, red heifers for sure, in probably ever, you know, we've been on Zoom calls, Byron's Amazing. been taking us to, to farms all across the United States. Um, you know, there's a, there, we'll, we'll get to it in a second, but there's a funny thing where, where I, I also work in a startup and at night, I had a lot of times Zoom calls, you know, with the United States, with South America. Uh, and one evening, it was like 9 p.m., which is n- normal having a meeting. And uh, all of a sudden, the, my wife hears moo coming out of the screen of the Zoom call. She's like, what's going on there? And she sees like uh, Byron standing over there with his phone, going around the red heifer. Uh, I, I'm on, on the other side and also Rav Ariel uh, from Mohan Migdash. And we're basically examining red heifers. So, so think about this. Like, is that not redemption? The fact that we have today Zoom or that we have, we could have this conversation and, uh, and you could be anywhere in the world and we could be in the same place at once. So uh, it, it could be all this was, was for, for that moment. Um, so I, I, with that, I, I definitely lost the, the trend of thought of what, what you asked before, but, um, oh, how did, well, I, how did you, you get to, how did you get involved? Oh, Where did you buy the connect originally and uh, who called you up and said, Hey, We've got this thing going on in Texas. So, so uh, a close friend of mine, uh, um, uh, where I work closely with, uh, his name is Sachi Mamo, um, basically the the uh, the founder chairman of, of Bone Israel. Um, he basically had a plot of land, the Mount of Olives that he Bone Israel uh, purchased. Um, and then we were discussing, and then eventually uh, the next day I went up to the Temple Mount and I met there also Rav Ariel from the Temple Institute, and we and. Uh, thinking about a little bit about the red heifer, um, I asked him, what, what's the biggest issue today of, of having actually red heifer? Like, is it the fa- uh, similar to what you asked? Do, do you need a temple? Is it the fact that we don't have red heifers? So he, he, his main issue was, he said, listen, there's two elements. The first issue is we also need a plot of land, a Mount of Olives. And the second thing is we need a red heifer. Uh, the priests we have, uh, we know exactly what a Ezov is because the Bible talks about a few elements that you need, like a Tolachani, uh, Erez, which is a cedar tree. Um, we said those are the two elements. And then uh, that day, you know, I was talking to to to, uh, to Tzachi and Tzachi straight away called up, said, I have this amazing, uh, you know, friend of mine who is a rancher, who knows every single cow in, in the United States. We need to call him up. Um, and then 
from here to there, we find ourselves just just a few weeks later, we're basically on horseback in the middle of Texas, uh, searching for red heifers, which is another story on its own. It was a a very, very special journey uh, till now. Well, I I look forward to hearing a little bit about that. Byron, let me bring you in. You're a Christian. Obviously, your involvement in this predates uh, Hanan's. Um, For, I mean, some of our Christian uh, followers here, everything that's going on is completely intuitive and aligned and and people are saying, well, duh, you're just the one who happened to be there. But for a lot of people, they're going to be looking at this, scratching their head, even even giving pushback on the whole idea. How did you get involved? What's the, I mean, for, maybe even first of all, what's the significance to you as a Christian in all of this? And why did you get involved to the level you have? Well, uh, We'll have to back up a little bit. I've I've been coming to the land and 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 like your show, your show was about unity between the Jewish fathers of our faith and the children of the faith that are scattered into the world. Uh, I see that in the in the last book of of the Old Testament that the Christians read, the last verse says, "If the fathers and the children don't learn to love each other, there'll be a curse on this land." By coming to the land, uh, starting in 2000, but then starting a foundation in 2007 to help leaders of uh, churches to come and get connected here in Israel so that we would have unity between us, uh, we started walking out all of these places in the land that speak to the, the absolute evidence that the world needs that the Bible is true. The, the rocks here, the stones are actually crying out to the glory of God all over. And as we bring these uh, teachers here uh, of small churches from around the world, whether they be from Philippines or United States or wherever they, they've come from Ireland and all over, they're inspired to build bridges of love between the fathers of the faith and between the children. Now, I call them the children of the faith. Because there would be nobody, there would never have been a, a, a nation of the United States of America founded under the biblical laws of God if it hadn't been for the love of the law by the Jewish fathers who went out into exile into the nations and they carried with them the Torah. And because of that, we were connected to that and we became adopted in children all over the world yeah so we we are one family but we're divided because of the terrible things that were taught as we have moved along this journey and what i believe and i know you believe it's time to put down that enmity so we choose to do that by focusing on the 90 percent of the things that we can agree on there's mostly Both religions are religions of love and patience and kindness and goodness towards each other and following the laws that God put in place. And 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 exalting the one God, our creator. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have a lot of territory where we can connect and love each other and come together. There is contention about exactly what is God doing with a red heifer. What is God doing through the belief in a Messiah who already came and is coming again? What is the contention? You know, there's lots of contention. And if we wanted to stay in that 10% of contention, then we would just continue to beat each other up and, and not be able to be friends. But Hanan right. and I are friends. 
Right. We love each other because right. we're able <laughs> because we rolled around in the dirt and he he got underneath the cow a lot more than I did. <laughs> and I appreciate that because I didn't want under there where he was. <laughs> So we've become very, very close and good friends. And I know his heart and he loves me and I love him. Yeah. And that's without us 100% agreeing on everything that's going on here. Okay? No, 100%. So, but, so but, that's how I kind of got into all of it. But let me ask you a question because I've seen pushback from Jews on this. I've seen pushback from Christians. There are a lot of Christians who are saying, you know, come on, like what now, Byron? What do we need the temple for? What do we need? I mean, forget the fact that it's that it's prophesied, but what do we need it for? We, there's going to be no more sacrifices. Jesus was the last sacrifice. You, you have these conversations. How, how yeah. do you how do you address that? I, you know, sadly, a lot of uh, Christians are I'd say they, they look at one side of the equation. They look at the spiritual side of the equation that they read in the in the New Testament and that's where they are. And the, the New Testament is really about spiritual. It's about how we can connect spiritually to God. But really, there's not a lot of physical things that get that we get connected in in the New Testament. The Old Testament, okay, is starting with Moses, really connects us to the physical. And that is the part where uh, we see that the, those actual stones and the physical things are that that give us the evidence that we uh, need to come yeah. to the Lord and to understand Him. So, what the hope is here, as we see the the physical uh, coming together with the spiritual, yeah, then that will be the right connection of balance that we that the Lord wants to bring us to is what I believe. Love it because I, every one of us is two things or flesh which which is a physical thing that we that we deal with that takes sanctification for it to be purified and and really that's what this red heifer is about is a sanctification of the flesh a purification of the flesh sure and then we have a spiritual thing that's that our spirits for good people all over the world they want to do what's right. They want to follow the ways of God. Our spirits desire a deeper relationship with God, but we are, all have a battle. You know the deal. I got one voice say, well, that should do right. And the other voice, well, yeah, but it'll sure be fun to go over there and do wrong. So this is a battle that's within us, that's spirit and flesh. And so what I see God's doing here with this red heifer is he's bringing our attention back to the Torah, back to the physical so that we can then see how we all need more sanctification of the flesh so that the spirit then can be revived and brought back to the place where there's a hope for eternal life. I want wow. that. Wow. Uh, if I could add one, one thing. Yeah, um, please. When, when we were going, we, we've been now around uh, the United States speaking in, in different uh, communities. And um, one of the things that you we started to see with this whole red heifer is that, you know what? We, truth is, we, we, if you could sound to one like like witchcraft, right? You have to take like a red heifer, and it has to be, you know, you have to put in like a cedar tree and like a whole, you know, this whole like ceremony. But on the other end, when you when you start to understand, maybe in, in specifically, God wanted us in our generation that we all, you know, it's all about the iPhone, iPad. I'm in the middle. I need to understand why. Oh. All this. 
And basically God's saying, you know what? Maybe you don't have to understand everything. Um, yeah. and, and maybe you need it. I kind of, okay, God commanded. This is what we need to do. And, and this brings me to saying is maybe, maybe this is what God wants us to go searching in the United States where the Gentiles are living, having rabbi, Jewish rabbis flying over there, uh, you know, going searching different farms. Yeah. And that actually is, is the real unity. Yeah. I, I, I could tell you from, my, from, from myself, I never stepped foot into a church up until two years ago. I never even, you know, you know, understood even what evangelicals are. I didn't understand yeah. what Christian, you know, like uh, we're, we're in our communities and, and that's it. And all of a sudden you start to understand, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that we, we really have a lot of, a lot of in common. We really believe in God uh, and we want very similar things, you know, so yeah. let's focus on the things that we actually do agree on. I'm so, I'm so glad you said that Byron, because from a Jewish perspective, I get a lot of pushback from I'm saying in quotes, friends, um, but people who I know who know that I go into churches, I speak in churches. I, I, I'm, there's, I, I'm very, very engaged and I get a lot of pushback, but it's important to begin on our side to break down that barrier, that, that, um, uh, taboo uh, of the idea, because most, most Jews don't know, as you didn't, a difference between Orthodox and, uh, and, and Roman Catholic and evangelical and the different kinds of Protestant and, and therefore what the churches are like and what their worship is like and how they actually are very different from one another. I want to take a break for just a second to, to, to uh, share one announcement and I'm going to come back. I, I feel like we're going to go into overtime. This is an amazing conversation. Thank you. Hold on one sec. When you think of Jerusalem, you probably think of its historic and biblical sites. Run for Zion is a trip unlike any other. You will join tens of thousands of Israelis interacting with Jerusalem as you never have and never imagined you would. You'll connect with and bless Israelis of all backgrounds. If you've never been to Israel and are dying to come visit or haven't been for a while and can't wait to get back, Run for Zion is the opportunity for you. And now, if you register today, you can join us for as little as $29. Yes, that's for real, just $29. Run for Zion is a pilgrimage and service experience that gets you out of the tour bus, interacting with the people and the land. Check out runforzion.com for details and come run for Zion and bless Israel with every step. Okay. I mean, wow, this, this you know, to the extent that I scripted this conversation out in my head and even made some notes, I think we're already outside the box and that's great. But I want to, I want to just, before we start talking about the arrival two weeks ago, when those five cows arrived, it was there, it was palpable, right? I was saying to somebody this week, even the workers on the loading dock were excited about this and, and they were just there doing their jobs. But what's the, walk us through the timeline. Hanan, you were only, you only uh, stepped in about two years ago. But this has been going on for a while, huh? And and buying the land on Mount of Olives and and putting all these pieces. Byron, do you want to walk us through a little bit of what's the timeline? How long have you been looking and people been looking to make this happen? So, uh, you know, I've been connected because of projects that we do that have nothing to do with the red heifer, but have everything to do with biblical prophecy being fulfilled here in the land. And those prophecies are being fulfilled every day here in this land. It's amazing. And because of those projects, I became a really close friend to it's a rabbi, it's like Momo. And, uh, and so we, we're like brothers. We love each other and, and we do projects together. 
So this last year, we were working on those projects and, and trying to lift some things up. Uh, one of those projects, by the way, is a project down in the Jordan River Valley. It's the actual first altar in the land at Gilgal that God said put the altar right here at this place. And it's there. And we want people from all nations to be able to stop and see that, that first altar in the land that God uh, had established here. So we're working on getting opening that as a visitor center at Gilgal. And so I'm working, uh, you know, I, the Lord's blessed me. My business are doing well. And so when I retired, rather than retire and go golfing, which I love to golf, by the way, but I hadn't done it in about three years. <laughs> I said, I'm going to serve in Israel. I want to serve with you. Uh, his, his nickname is Saki. It stands for Itzak for those right. Christians. Right. You know? And so I, I said, Saki, I want to serve beside you. Uh, I'll come and, and I'll, uh, I'll work. And so that's what we were doing. And in that process, there was the opportunity to buy this perfect piece of land on the Mount of Olives that is the place for wow. the red heifer. Now, you know, I knew about that, participated on a limited amount on that. And it, it came into the hands of the Bonet Israel Foundation. And that's a long process. We won't go into it. But so, you know, I wasn't surprised. I mean, we had the place, but I was never expecting to go find the cows because I knew they were really looking here. They were exploring different ways to get these red cows, whether it's through breeding, through DNA, you know, what they they're trying to do it here. I knew they they've tried for 50 years and there's just always been failure on failure. But I one day they'll succeed. I never thought about looking in texas uh but the bible actually says say unto israel to bring us a red heifer well see for me i studied the bible mm -hmm. israel is scattered at 587 bc into all the nations and i believe that a lot of the church are if you could if you could see it they're somehow connected back spiritually at least and maybe sure. even physically to israel and that's what they that's what saki saw too and so he said, we can say that to Byron. He's a Gentile. He's in Texas, but we can say to him, bring us a red heifer. Bring us. And so they said, Byron, bring us a red heifer. Wow. Now, the day he asked me to do that, I was not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> when was that, Byron? What year? Uh, that was probably June of last year. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a little bit before, but somewhere in there is where he said, you know, uh, bring us a red heifer. And I tw I'm talking 21, you know, not this year, last year, yeah. 2021. And so uh, I said, okay, well, I'll use, my, I, I have technical people that work for me, a great team of people. And so I talked to them. I said, I want to develop uh, texting. Uh, I want to go first and I want to use bots and go out on the internet. I want to find every kind of red cow there is. I talked to my rancher friends. I have a small ranch and I've got some mixed herd that one of my friends runs on my place and I'm familiar with it because I grew up in the country. I'm not a big rancher, but I know a little bit about it, but I, I know the right people. So I started talking about the types of breeds and what we need to look for. And, uh, and it, and so I went out and I started uh, looking for those breeds. I found those ranchers that raised those breeds. I sent them text messages. After that, 
Uh, I sent them, I got into the magazines that they get. I made full page ads in the magazines that were really beautiful. We're hunting for a red heifer. Uh, new ranchers would see that. And then the last piece I did was send out direct mail to everyone that I thought Mike could have a herd that would have really red heifers. So uh turned out that the mail was the best one and we started getting some good response and we got it from uh, everywhere from Montana to Kansas, Missouri, Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama. And we were looking, you know, we were talking to people all over and we went out looking for it, but it's really, really hard when you're, it's, it, it's a difficult process. So, we, so that's, that's how I got started. So I want to ask you something. I mean, uh... Everything for us until now, and I suspect most people listening, there's a tremendous, uh, I feel like we're building up to a tremendous spiritual climax, right? This is not just looking to buy a cow. Yeah. There's something really purposeful. Maybe either of you, you is, there, is there one or, and I don't know if you want to share names of people, but is there, are there one or two particular stories of the ranchers, the people who have the cows, whether they're with their cows who are here or now, now or not, or, or some like what, what was their interest or involvement? Or is this just a business deal? So if, if I may take this, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know, really. so firstly, uh, one of the things that I do in the startup, I work also in like business development. So I call up people and, you know, in, in different countries. So here we had, okay, we have to find a red, a red, uh, heifer. So, you know, we looked at the different, um, lists you know there's different like you could be a member if you have red red uh ingus so you could be part of that group if you have saint carnitas you know like there's different red bringus um and i i so i called one farmer and i said hey how are you doing his name is donald um and i said this might sound to you crazy but like we're, we're looking you know i'm a rabbi from jerusalem calling and we're, we're searching for red heifer do you by any chance have one um <laughs> and said boy this doesn't sound crazy this is written in the book of numbers. I'm like, and I'm like, what? Oh, oh man. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, the book of numbers. He's like, I know the book of numbers. I know the Bible better than you, you know? So, and, and to me, that was like, for me, that was a huge shock. I, I had no clue that there's people living outside of Israel that know the Bible like so well. And he was super excited. Um, and he said, but, but son, I'm sorry to tell you, I don't have any, any red, red, uh, you know, red, red heifers that are, are, are what you're looking for. Um, and he said the biggest issue was that we, as as we said at the beginning, we blemish all of them when they're born, a day or two after they're born. Um, a week later, he calls back. He says, you won't believe it. But we had five of, or it was six red heifers that were born. I don't know if they're good, but they're red. And a, a few months ago, he said, the thing is that we, uh, my my helper, my my he, he didn't come in. It was COVID. It was in the middle of COVID. Oh. He, didn't, he didn't come in for already a few weeks. And he was supposed to uh, puncture their ears, and he didn't. So you should Just come and check these out. So, so straight away, I call up a, a rabbi, a friend of mine, uh, and, and we send over there a crew, uh, and they check it. And uh, sure enough, one, four of them were not good. Uh, there's one that we really, you know, it was like uh, maybe. So a, a week later, we flew in. Byron took us to this to this farm. We checked it out. It was still like a maybe because, you know, it's complicated. Like, what is red? Yeah. Does it have to be a ketchup red? Does it have to be like, or, or like a little bit on the more of a cherry red, right? So it's it's like the color. So anyhow, so that was that was one of the, the first farms that we we got to. Um, do you want to t- t- tell us? Well, that was so educational. And when we got there, they, you know, that's, we got to look in. And so you got a hair 
that it starts off beautiful red and at the end of it it's just did that just turn too white oh or did that just turn too dark and it's not red anymore wow and you have to look at every single hair yeah Yeah. and so you know when you're looking at this all of a sudden it's like and i wanted that day i was like hey it's good enough for me it's got one little white spot you know hey it looks good let's do that one you know and they're like like, no no byron we're gonna have pure it's got to be pure and i said okay all right i got it so what uh what we said was okay look if there's 10 kids came in here and we showed them this part of the hair and we said is that red white or black if all 10 say it's red then it's red you know if one of them says it looks white to me well then that's why you know we're gonna have to trust the children here on this we have to be honest and so that's kind of was now the standard was we got to really get in there and there was one that was just beautiful it had a little white spot it was all red but that was so good that we did that that day because it really gave us hope it, that we could find them because it was so close. We got, hey, this can happen. And just just the thing from from actually from the Bible, the Bible they have uh, we have four actually basic colors. Um, there's green, red, black, and white. And now when you look at something, it has to be on the baseline of one of those. Okay. And therefore, like. So, so there's nothing like, like there's no yellow for so-called. You have to choose. Is it white or is it red? Or I don't think it'll be green, but it could also go into right. the green colors. When you're spotting out and looking at every, uh, every year, and, uh, and this we got better, beginning to take us between 45 minutes to an hour to check one heifer. Today, we probably could check a heifer in 15 to 20 minutes. No so kidding. Wow. Better. We know, we know where to look, how to look and how to like, uh, you know, tackle a cow, which is, is fun on its own. If you know how to do it, start and learn, you know, like a rabbi cowboy here. It was just fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's just a, an, an important uh, criteria that we learned. I, I want to share two more stories, if that's okay. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. The, the second story is, uh, I mean, we have, we have many, many stories and it's been a really fun journey and, and, you know, so real. Um, but um we got to this guy and he says, I, I have Miss America. I'm like thinking, I don't know if rabbis should see Miss America. You know, like, is it, you know, she's sneistic, is she's this. See, I mean, and modest, like, modest. Is she yeah. modest? Yeah. And, and, and then we get, you know, he's talking about the cows, right? So he he won Miss America for many years. Oh. His cow. He, yeah. he, there's there's uh, these different fairs, uh, you know, like county fairs, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or uh, a stock, all, uh, livestock fairs. And he, he knows how to breathe these beautiful uh, heifers. So when we actually gave him the list of all the criteria what we're looking for, uh, I said, did you get that? He's like, of course I did. I wrote it all down. It's like, a, it's like a competition. I got it. No problem. I, no white hairs, no this. <laughs> this is exactly what he does in all these, uh, in all these uh, um, uh, fairs. Um, so actually by him, he had beautiful uh, red heifers and yeah. we, we actually uh, found their one. And then there was another story. And this, is, this goes back to a little bit to the, to the Gemara of a story called Dama Benatina. So Dama Benatina was a Gentile in the Roman period. Um, and the truth is his dad was a jeweler. And the, the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, on the Choshen, Jonathan Choshen. Uh, the, the breastplate that the, that the high priest wears. Ifad is what Ifad, yes, yes. So there, there's basically 12 stones there. And one of the stones went missing. It got lost. And they, they heard about this very good jeweler that lives in the area of Ashkelon. Um, so they, they sent a delegation from the temple. They knocked on the door and said, listen, we're looking for the special stone. We need a purchase. And we heard that you have it. 
And the person that, that opened actually is Dama. Dama was his son. And he said, listen, I'm, I'm very sorry. My dad is sleeping. I'm not going to wake him. Uh, they said, we are from the temple. We're, we're looking for this stone. We need it now. They said, listen, I, I'm very sorry. Come back in a few hours. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll, no problem. He has the key under his pillow and we'll show you it. He said, they said, you don't understand. We're from the temple. We'll pay you 10 times the amount. He said, I'm very sorry. And then he closed his door. Um, a few hours later, they came back and they said, okay, they wake up, he woke up. And then they, they, they saw the stone. They're amazed. They bought it. And they wanted, okay. And they're like, okay, we'll pay you. Well, we said we're going to pay 10 times. Here's the amount. He said, no, 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 no. You only pay me what it costs. It's one, only pay me one X. I don't want you guys to purchase my merit of me not waking my dad. So they were so impressed from this Gentile. They said, you will be blessed. Um, and the truth is that the following year, he was blessed. Everybody had, you know, a certain type of herd. And in his herd, he had a red heifer that was born. And wow. Said, That's the beginning very cool. of, of One of the nine actually comes from him, from this wow. Benetina. So it, it, it's it's a very special story because it also shows that Jews and Gentiles are kind of working together already in the in the second temple period, but to us it meant something else. Oh yeah, and Indeed. this goes to 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 uh, uh, making bringing the the Bible and this is what Bonnet Israel does is basically making the Bible alive and you know reviving the Bible. We're sitting in this farmer's house. Uh, their their family name is Davenport. Um, and this guy comes in, big cowboy hat. I hardly understand the accent, you know, like I'm, I'm Israeli, but you know, he has a yeah. Texan accent. Um, and I couldn't, if, if somebody would tell me what is a cowboy, that's a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden he says, yeah, we started this farm and me and my brother. And then he said, okay, my brother's going to come and he comes in his brother. He has a suit. He looks, you know, he has no cowboy hat. We're like, what, what do you do? What, what, what do you, you can't just be on this farm. You don't even have cowboy boots on. He said, yes, you're right. I also am, am a jeweler. I'm like, what? Oh my, no you, way. Do you know the story of Dama Benetina? He's like, Never no, he didn't hear it. So, so, so Byron takes out his phone and he says, okay, oh, well, let's, let's go look on Wikipedia. We showed him. He's like, what? I thought that you guys made it up just to make me happy. Yeah. And that day, that was before we actually went out to his herd. And they were telling us these two brothers, like 30 or so years ago, right? They started this yeah. herd and they were thinking what breed. And they said, you know, let's just go for red Angus because we believe, you know, in the Bible, maybe something will happen. We need like a red cow, like a book of numbers. Yeah, they love the story of the of numbers. Yeah. So they chose to raise the reddest cows. They actually traveled around the United States looking for the reddest bull they could find and the reddest wow. cows so that they could raise a, a cow like numbers 19. And they did that starting back in the 1990s when they started their herd. Wow. This is on purpose that they did yes. that. They never thought that we were going to show up with rabbis. <laughs> trick, <laughs> and, trick or treat. And that, was it. Right? And, and, and that day we went out with them to their farm. And, and they, there was, you know, we, there's also a thing we learned. There's, there's different breeding periods and such. I mean, Byron knew these things, but things that me and Sachi learned. Amazing. And we go out there and we found their red efforts that were like amazing. They were like beautiful. And, and they, they like shine their redness. You know, it's just coming out of them from every direction. Um, and truthfully, we, out of the herd, we, a lot of them are, are from there, from there. So we, we owe them a great thanks. Yes, and wow. the story of Dama Benetina of the 21st century just yeah, came. Yeah, come on. To right. That's right. just too, yeah. that's just too unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. So I, I just want to make two comments and then take a break. I'm going to leave us with a cliffhanger till we come back after the break. But I love 
how both of you have talked about use of technology in in making this happen, right? In Hanan, uh, you spoke about Zoom. Byron, you're sending out bots to communicate with with uh, with ranchers to find the to find it, and, and that's simply amazing. And th- th- wow, I, I, I'm just kind of blown away the technology. And then Hanan, what I mean again, there's no coincidences, but when you no. think about the fact that the one the one rancher you were at happened to have those untagged uh, uh, things. Why not? Because someone didn't show up because they were sick because of COVID. And this was a plague on the whole, the whole world. And here's an amazing, tremendous positive outcome of that. Because if he had just shown up and tagged up cows, Never wouldn't have had them. Yeah. Wouldn't have had them. So I'm, I'm going to set up a question. It's a very simple question. Then I'm going to let you think about it while we go on break. Question is like, the 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 story in the Gemara in the Talmud. Did you pay ten times the price for those cows, or did you only pay one times? Hold on, we're coming right back after this. I want to pause in the conversation for just a moment to invite you to join us in one of the really incredible programs that we do as part of the Genesis One Two Three Foundation. This year, we have been going out all throughout the Judean mountains to show love to soldiers who are stationed keeping us safe from the threat of terrorism. It doesn't matter if we're in a burning heat wave or temperatures below freezing before the wind chill. They are out there guarding strategic points that have a high risk of terrorism. And thanks to the support of many people like you, we are pleased to bring them homemade hot soup in the cold of winter and cold drinks and sweet watermelon in the heat of summer. Any donation is meaningful and helps us to bless the soldiers. You can join us and donate at genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. That's genesis123.co slash bless a soldier. And when you do, you also have the opportunity to send along your own personal words of thanks and blessings to the soldiers guarding the land and protecting the people. Please join us. Okay, so this is the question everyone wants to know. What does it cost to buy a red heifer? <laughs> so you want me to take it? Yeah, you go for it. I mean, so in Texas, as you can imagine, there are red heifers bought and sold, or there's red heifers bought and sold every single day at market. And the market price for a, a registered uh, heifer, depending on the breed and depending on how, how high the breed is, it, it can be all over the place, but it, it's somewhere around four thousand dollars. Okay, for one cow is is that's the market. Could be three thousand if it's a crossbreed, maybe two thousand. It all depends on the breeding and everything. Okay, now that's just strictly as a meat animal that we're going to enjoy on the barbecue. Pr- you know, that. <clears throat> now when we showed up and we explained what we were doing, and we were very honest with all of them. Uh, the one rancher, uh, he, he's feeding his cows, he's feeding his herd and he needed to make money, but he, he, he just wanted market price. So we paid him market price and that was fair enough. And, and we appreciated that. And that's what we did, uh, for the one rancher. Uh, the other rancher is, uh, is the Diamantina rancher. He spent his whole life raising up this herd, loving numbers 19. He's, he is very, very 
versed in the Bible. He loves the Bible. He's he it's his whole life is the Bible. And to have the opportunity to bless Israel, uh, he wasn't going to have that taken from him by getting. Wow. He refused. There were opportunities to raise the money for that. And he said, nope, this is my gift. And so he gifted to Israel his cows that he sent over here. He gave them to this, to the people because he loves the people of Israel and wants to be connected like I do. Well, I got to make sure he follows and listens to this, if only to express how moved I am and my heart is racing. And and just on behalf of one Orthodox Jewish Israeli, thank my thanks. That's impressive. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. Thank you. What other, well, you know what? I want to take it from a spiritual high to a spiritual lower. And I don't know to what extent you're getting it, but I I was shocked when I, from, from the airport. And again, thank you, Byron, for including me. I didn't, I didn't know how impressed and, 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 and overwhelmed I was going to be. I remember standing there toward the end and there were tears in your eyes and your wife and, and it, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, but I before I left the parking lot at the airport, I posted all these pictures and a really short comment. It went viral. I mean, when I and I say viral, I mean people don't really follow me. I'm not that important, but this went all over the world, and I've got hundreds and hundreds of new friend requests and what have you. People care about this, but they're also mixed in a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback um, from Jews, from Christians. From animal rights activists, what do you say to all of that? Well, the first thing that I'm going to say to all of them is, I love you, and mm-hmm. I understand where you are. This is shocking. Uh, this is different. We've never seen anything like this. Now, I don't think our Father in Heaven is surprised that this is shocking. Matter of fact, I think the reason He put this in as a law is so it would be shocking. Because right now, where we are as a world, we see confusion. We see people departing from the morality of the Bible. We see governments that are run by people that are not honest. They're not honest brokers. Uh, Justice is perverted, where one goes free for the same thing. Another one goes to life to prison. I mean, all these things are going on in the world. And I think You know, with cattle, if you want them to go where you want them to go, you got to kind of prod them along and you got to wake them up a little bit. Uh, Cattlemen know that's what you have to do to get them in the right place so you can protect them so you can give them the shots they need so that you can give them the care that they need. You have to sometimes prod them just a little bit. And I think God is prodding all of us. And, you know, those cows, when they get prodded, they kick and they don't like it and they they act a little crazy. And so it takes a little bit after a little bit, they're in the right place and they understand more and they see that they're going to be protected and well-fed and everything's going to be okay. But I think we have to have a a grace to allow these people to process what's going on. They have to look down the road. Now, the reason that we work together is because we realize as Jewish people, we need the Messiah to come As Christians, we need the Messiah to come. Now, will there be contention? Absolutely. There's going to be contention. 
does it, is that contention? If we didn't do the red heifer and we didn't build the temple, would the contention go away? No, the no. contention is coming. So this is like a cattle prod to the world to say, wake up and, and read your Bible and think about what's right and wrong and think about what God has done through the ages and how he's connecting us and take the time to find out, can we love each other and can we come together and can we read carefully out of the the prophets what the plan is? Because the prophets have already told us, the book of Micah tells us that in the fourth chapter of Micah, it says people are going to stream from all over the world to come and see the temple built for God. Amazing. That's going to happen or it wouldn't be in that book. And this is the very first step that doesn't mean that we're going to build a temple tomorrow or even 10 years or 50 years from now. We don't know when that will happen. We love for it to be tomorrow, but it, it may not be. But you have to take a first step and we can't answer all the questions of how it's going to look and where it's going to sit and how things are going to be divided. Everybody has to treat each other with love and, and do this without trying to hurt everybody. Okay. But why can't there be a temple built on the temple mountain where God says build a temple. Why can't we do that and then make it a house of prayer that everybody from every nation could come and join hands and love each other there and worship as we see fit to worship. As long as we're at peace with each other and we're not fighting, that's what this is about. And so I think God is, is waking us up through this red heifer. Amazingly, Jonathan, do you know that my son said yesterday he saw 25,000 views on TikTok. Well, I don't think anybody on TikTok last week was looking at biblical <laughs> subjects, <laughs> but now they are. Yeah. Is that good? I think that's really good that we're considering the Bible and we're looking at it. So I'm thrilled to be a little piece of that and uh, the work that we did kind of yeah, I, here. you know what? And I want to just interject, Hanan, I want to ask uh, you, you to respond, but also something specific for you. But I want to interject because Brian, uh, Byron, um, several weeks ago, you, you shared with me that the cows are moved to New York and they couldn't come because the, they weren't allowed. It was too hot. And and I'm just thinking, you know, maybe that's also as frustrating as that m- might have been, right? Finally getting on the precipice of having the cows put on a plane and brought to Israel. Maybe we needed that. Maybe we needed that for this season specifically because we're in this intense spiritual season of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the 10 days of repentance, which is not just a, of course, it's a Jewish thing, but it's a biblical thing. And and how amazing that 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 it did happen. Now, Um, Hanan, anything you want to respond to that? But specifically, I want to ask you, I'm, I'm, maybe the word is distraught. I saw a lot of pushback. I get a lot of pushback specifically from Jews, mostly who are secular. And I don't say that in a, in any demeaning way. That's just demographically the reality who are just really appalled by this whole idea. How does that make you feel as a, as a, as a Orthodox Jew and rabbi? So I I actually want to start off with a little bit where you're saying that it got pushed back a little bit, the flight. And I mean, it's been now many, many months we've been working on bringing them. Um, but just last year, I mean, we were just past Rosh Hashanah, but uh, Tafshin Pebet, that was the, the Hebrew in the Hebrew calendar. For those, um, for those who don't, don't know, Tafshin Pebet are the Hebrew letters that correspond to the n- numbers of the, the year uh, 5782, which is the year that we just concluded. 
And then the, fall, the year before that was Tafshin Peyalef. Um, and that was the, two years ago, basically, was when we started this whole project and really digging down and making it into reality. Um, and then Rabbi Ariel from the Temple Institute told me, you know, you know what Tafshin Peyalef stands for? I said, no. <laughs> he says it, st- it stands for Teheshnat Para Aduma. So the acronym of that year, actually, basically, it, it, the wording means this is the year of the red heifer. So that yeah. was two years ago. So that gave us kind of like also like another like sign, like one second, maybe that that is what we should be focusing on this year. Maybe that's what, what Hashem wants us to do. And then we're thinking, okay, what is the following year that we just passed? And that was Tafshin Peibet. This is the year the red heifers in Israel. Teheshnat para Israel. So we actually got very close to that because they came in 12 days before the end of the, that year. Um, so th- these are small, maybe, you know, one would say, okay, maybe it doesn't have a lot of meaning, but it, these, these elements that we, all these stories and all the things that we're doing and we're, we're doing together, this, I think, brings me back to answering to your saying about secular Jews and about, and the truth is that I work in the work environment with a lot of different types of Jews and non-Jews. And, and when I tell people about the red effort, actually, I get a lot of interest. Like people are, are, are generally interested, um, even to say there was a South Park that was on by the Red Effort. Okay, so, really? Yeah, no one, one of, I didn't know that. Wow. I also didn't know that until one of the developers in the the, the company next door to me he said, hey, "What's that? Is that a South Park?" And he showed me the, the show. I mean, it, so it's a bit funny, but if if you look there, it actually brings everybody together, and I think that that's what this is doing. It's actually getting a lot of uh, for uh, i have a lot to say so i'm like kind of mumbling on my words but uh, i think one one thing is that sometimes the commandments oh, uh, me as an orthodox jew i think oh i know what this means i understand this and in a certain sense maybe if somebody secular or, or non-jewish could think you know what oh you think you're above me oh you know so much more than me when it comes to that commandment but it happens to be in the red hat for a commandment me, you, none of us actually understand yeah. why God's commanding us. And in a certain way, it's giving us the equality. All of us are equal when it comes to this. So you could be Christian, you could be even the, in the Muslims. We know that in the Quran, the second ver- the second chapter is the, the chapter of the cow, right? So there, there's something in this about this red heifer that actually is connecting what we should be doing in our days. It's actually bringing everybody together, like 70 nations back to Israel, you know, be, making together a house of prayer, make, making an area that we, we feel comfortable, comfortable one with another and we respect one with another. And what Byron has kept in saying is that we actually love genuinely each other. I think that is what the Red Heifer is actually doing in on, on the surface and down below. Well, I agree with you. And I think that just this conversation, I was so excited to have this, just this conversation is opening eyes perhaps more than uh, okay, yeah, the state of Israel birthed 75 years ago in 1967, reunification of Jerusalem. Here, here's a here's another one. This is in our face, and it's um. And, and as, the, I'm I'm jumping in. We have the mitzvah v'tchelit, right? The blue fringe. Yes, that was um, also something that came back after 2,000 years. So also came back, right? But that's something that typically that's something that that only Jews relate to, mm-hmm. and and Jews and Christians have been relating to the reestablishment of the sovereignty in the land of Israel at the state and the, the 1967 six day war and, re- and restoration of Jerusalem. Certainly we can attach the, the, the recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital, but maybe, you know, but, but all of those involve something that's incredibly tangible. And this 
The only significance of bringing five cows, red cows, on an American Airlines plane two weeks ago is a spiritual one. Um, and, and, and it's one that, well, it's funny on, on screen, you just showed your, your, your seat seat, your fringe. It, it's one that ties us together. It's one that, that both Jews and Christians in, it's in very, such it's a very moving, uh, moving. Yes. We've been, we've been moving. using that. We've been, <laughs> we've been using that a lot. Uh, I want to begin to wrap up. I mean, the, I think this conversation could go on and, and honestly, it's, it's been amazing. But one thing that I noticed, I, I, I'm not, actual friends with all my friends on Facebook. And I don't know where all the comments came from. But there's one one or two people who seem to approach the whole bringing of the cows here, the red heifers, from a position of, of animal cruelty. And I don't know if he meant putting them on an airplane, of slaughtering, of the whole ritual of the red heifer, and what that's involved with. I mean, I wanted to respond and say, well, you must have a real hard time on Thanksgiving or just walking down the local, the, 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 the butcher section in your local grocery store. And I admire that. I, I don't, it's not my orientation, but I admire that. So people are talking about animal cruelty. I saw on the dock of the, of, of the loading dock, there was not, I mean, it wasn't cruelty. There was love. There was gentleness. But what, how do you respond to that? How, what's happening with them now? How are they being treated um, are they being cat- prodded with an electric prod? What, what's going on? I, I, do you want to go for it? I, I, sure. Either way. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll take both. We both have answers. Right. Yeah, yeah, go. So, so first off, back to what you're saying, and I agree. These people that uh, feel like we might be cruel to animals, and that's wrong. I agree with there's You should never be cruel to animals. I know many, many ranchers that are, they're not cruel to their animals, but they realize that that animals are a food source that humanity needs. If we didn't have that protein source of chickens, then we would be hungry all over the world. And the chicken's life means just as much as that cow's life is sacred, okay? God was kind enough to us to provide these animals. And that's really what the sacrifice is about, uh, is saying to God, thank you for this provision of this animal and we didn't want to take its blood so that we could cook it and enjoy a barbecue dinner we would prefer to do something else but because of who we are the sin that we provided there's death if we don't eat this animal okay so i would love to come to the place in time where that's not needed anymore i'm i'm not against those people that don't want to see that but the reality is I need to feed my family. I have to do this. We all have to do this. And we can't get out of reality. And so that's that's the side of it I see to them is I love you and I understand your concern, but I promise you, we will not hurt or abuse these animals in any way. We'll give them the best feed. We I, I've got a video of one of them that that we just love them, feed them, pat them on the head, practically kiss them on the lips, you know. They, they, <laughs> We love these animals, you know, and it's sad that this is what we have to do, but this is part of life. And uh, I guess a lot of Christians, I'm going to do from the Christian side, we just misunderstand what the feast of the Lord were. You know, the feast or celebration times. You're not coming there just to throw blood everywhere, although there's no atonement without the blood. 
But what you're doing is you're coming together to be with your family and enjoy what God has provided for you. Some of the fat that's cooked off smells good to the Lord. He says it does. It smells good to me too. He enjoys that, that we're together as a family and we're doing our barbecues, kind of like a tailgate party. Okay. And the priests are set aside to be the best cooks there are in the whole land. Wow. And they're very kosher and they're clean and they're going to prepare this meat and they're going to get to take some because they want to feed the people that need food with it. And they're going to feed themselves with that portion, but then they hand back the bulk of it to the person that presented the sacrifice who waves it before the Lord says, thank you, Lord, for this and takes it back to his children and to his friends and his family and consume this for their life so that they can live. This is what a sacrifice is about. Now, so I'm explaining to people this red heifer is a ceremony and not a sacrifice. Right. So this ceremony of purification of the flesh that's different is this animal will the same will be humanely slaughtered just like every cow that's going to be ribeye steaks next week. Okay, it won't be treated cruelly. It won't be done out in the open where people have to watch that. And then it will simply instead of stopping at medium rare, it has to go all the way to till it's ashes with these other uh, elements in there. And then that ash is placed in a little bit of water, which is for purification. Yes. And this is what the Bible calls for. Do we need to understand it? I don't think we can. I think God's a mystery. And this is part of the mystery. But we are called to read the Bible, to look in the Bible and to ask God questions and to f- try to figure out his mystery. He wants yeah. us to chase after him. So that's what I think this does is, is open those doors to go do all that and understand the feast better and understand the sacrifice better and understand those things to a deeper level and, and how God uses those. I, I like that. Hanan? So um, uh, there's, there's a few few things I would like to say. The first is um, Rabbi Cook, um, who was a rabbi in the 20th century, the first chief um, rabbi of Israel. First chief rabbi of Israel actually talks about that in redemption times, um, we will become more spiritual and we will be actually become vegetarian uh, for the most of it. So we know that uh, it, the truth is that we, Israel had an embargo, actually, uh, uh, Israel and America on bringing in actually uh, livestock uh, cows into Israel. So that was another very big difficulty. Um, so it probably hasn't been so many kosher red heifers in a, who knows how long uh, here in Israel, for sure from the establishment of the country, but probably 2000 years. And that brings me to the point that we are now in becoming closer to the redemption times. Okay. Like you don't have to look out too much. I mean, you can look out Byron's window and we can actually see it in front of our eyes. And I think that that's our main point that these red, uh, these five are going to go now to up north. Um, and our whole purpose is educational. We want to try to educate and teach the Bible, but to actually see it in front of your eyes. So you'll be able to, one of the things that we're working on is actually bringing them to a, a visiting center where any people could come around the world and you could see the red heifers for yourself. So instead of just learning the book of numbers at home or in your chapel or whatever it is, you'll be able to read the verses and see in front of your eyes, a live, real red heifer. They'll be getting amazing treatment up there. And please, God, they'll be living till 120. So all of you guys could come in and see them. Um, so I think that for all of us, it is important to understand that these heifers are going to be uh, in, in part of an educational uh, element. And it's for all of us to kind of 
uh, see and feel the Bible that is becoming real. I like that. So would it be like a petting zoo that I can bring my grandchildren and we can go and feed them and brush them or whatever one does? Probably not. I mean, you have to be very careful (laughs) with them. Uh, It'll be more like a Mona Lisa type of thing. Okay, good. I like it. Good analogy. You'll be able to come visit, but not touching anything. And and we yet, we we still didn't exactly uh, have it built yet. We're still working on it as we speak. Um, You mean you didn't finish all the plans after two weeks? We're still we're still in the process of, of of actually feeding them. We're still working on on getting on that. So um, we're we're working on it. Yeah. So my my sense is that and it's funny that I, again I'm not an authority on any of this stuff, but just what I saw on their arrival, I, I would make the case that these animals are probably going to be treated with the most care and love, not just in Israel but in the world. Um, right. And and yes. that's incredible. What what's involved? What are the next? You, you mentioned feeding them. Their costs. One. I, let me let me make an interjection here. Um, we we've uh, as the Genesis one two three foundation not adopted in the sense that we have any ownership, but but adopted this project in the sense that we want to participate. So I want to invite everybody to go to Genesis one two three dot co and pull down the the tab that lists our projects and go to Red Heifers. And make a donation for this, but make, but, but let's, what are they giving for? There's a, I want to talk about the educational component, but real tangibly, you talk about feed. There's five, five cows that have to get the, what's, what's the cost of that? So Hanan and I were looking through that today and, and, uh, it looks like it's going to cost us probably in the area around $200 each day because you got to pay for the labor. You got to pay for the place they're at, you yeah. know the feed and then you got the veterinarian type stuff transportation just basic cost is around two hundred dollars a day but what we were hoping that and we'd like to appeal out to people if they'd like to help us is take try to take half of that if you could if if you have the ability to send a hundred dollars a month once a month yes and you will have taken care of half of that we'll take care of the other half basically we'll be partners in that and and then uh, by the time we get some 30, 40, 50 people that are doing that, then we're going to be able to do that. Now, past that, we need about a million dollars to raise up the uh, facility so that we can let people come and be on the other side of a glass and be in an air-conditioned area and, and have an educator standing there that we're paying a salary to to teach about everything and that the million dollars is just to build a facility, but they will also a funding source to be able to continue to do that. So that's kind of the next step. And then if we're involved in the ceremony, which we probably will be, that'll be much more expensive. And but we want people to be part of that if they'd like to be. And so uh, we'll be explaining and working with you. And we appreciate you adopting us and uh, supporting us in that uh, at this point, we pretty much expended most of our cash. The The flight itself was about $200,000 just to get them here. The the testing and everything else was lots of money and the flights for rabbis to come to the United States and actually do the inspections was very expensive. And uh, thank God that uh, people stepped up and they donated that money. My wife and I, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, my wife and I, 
we personally put about $200,000 of our savings into this to help it happen. And so we're asking people come, you know, if you're interested and you want to see these cows taken good care of, we'll do it. We'll do the work. We'll do, we'll keep good track of all of it. It's tax deductible at right. uh, our Bonet Israel's website. Right, right, right. We'll come through you and we'll make sure we track all of that properly. Yeah. And, and I think, and we would be happy to see you guys. I mean, it's not open yet. I yeah. mean, uh, Jonathan will will give you the green light yeah. to tell everybody when it's open. I want, open. I want an invitation just like I got to oh, welcome you. hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah. And I want to, I want to use this. We, we get random questions. As a matter of fact, this week, for some reason, a lot of kind of random things about Judaism and, and, and Jewish observance. Um, but specifically, this is such a big topic that I want to encourage people to email at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. Ask questions. I feel like as rich as this conversation has been, we're leaving a lot on the table. So maybe, maybe let's see what other questions people have and, and respond to them. The, the one downside of a podcast and a video is that it's not interactive. We can't take questions now, but some of the questions that we've discussed came from other people and the conversations I've had over the last two weeks. So I really want to encourage people to reach out to, to inquire, send questions through me or through Bonet Israel ask about, you know, more, more about the cows themselves and how they're being kept up. And certainly, certainly what a, wow, what a privilege. And I, and I'm going to use the, uh, the, the model of the one uh, uh, rancher in Texas who just gave the cows that I, you know, what, what better way to, to be part of this. Um, And people can have a tiny little share, $200 a day for all five of them, or or I'm going to boil it down and even say $40 a day for one. Right. That's I have a I have a teenage boy. I think he eats more than that. <laughs> and that's just, that's just one of my kids. I, I do want to mention one other thing that Please. if there's if there's somebody out there listening that's a billionaire and you would like to give us an endowment, we would like to have that. And so please contact me. Byron yes. Stinson dot me is my website. Byron Stinson dot me. Great. And we we that would help us exponentially move yep. forward with the everything that we need to do and it can happen there are people out there that the lord is blessed to that level i'm not asking you know but i want to put that out there that we will we'll use it right if you would uh, trust us with that type of uh, endowment great thank you yeah. on, any, any last thing you want to add before we wrap up no, super excited. Um, and uh, it's a privilege, I could say, for myself just to be part of this amazing project um, and to see, you know, prophecies come alive and, and to pass. Um, and I hope to see all you guys here in Israel. Yes. Yeah. All right. Amen. Well, let me, let me let me thank you for that. This has been an amazing conversation. Uh, I know it's stirred a lot of people and and doing those things, this paradox of having a a pure red heifer you uh, involved in spiritual purification for for people coming into contact with bodies volumes of rabbinic commentary on that alone and and so how what a privilege to be able to discuss this today um in in wrapping up i always want to say that if you stayed with us this far you deserve a reward and if that's not in this conversation and of itself uh, beginning this year, yeah, I think it was this year, uh, the Genesis One Two Three Foundation began a new project 
Uh, we call it From Jonathan's Bookshelf. What we ask is that everybody follow, like, and share these conversations, um, especially this one. I mean, how can you not? Uh, on, on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and Twitter. And when you do that, we select one person at random to win if you will, the volume of uh, the, of the month. So we're going to be doing that. I want to encourage people and ask people to, to to follow and share this. Always, always have to say we're grateful to our podcast sponsors, our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, swing by and thank them for helping make conversations like this possible. And also uh, thanks to our friends, the Coin family, for their meaningful sponsorship. Just like Bonet Israel, uh, Genesis One Two Three Foundation is uh, made. All the programs we do are made possible by donations. So please consider making a donation to continue helping, uh, helping do what we do to build bridges and make conversations like this possible. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode of Inspiration from Zion in, in honor or memory of a loved one or a special occasion, maybe the redemption. You know, first person who who wants to do the redemption, that's great. Uh, be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. Always, always love to have your questions and comments about any topic, especially about uh, issues relating to traditional Judaism. So please be in touch about that as well. Finally, please, please, really please do share this with other people who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here on Inspiration from Zion, where we are bringing you meaningful conversations about uh, unique topics relating to Israel that you simply won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and all your loved ones are safe and healthy, and I send you my blessings from right here in the Judean Mountains. Thank you, and God bless you.